Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. Taz and Jim, Devin Peacock is here too. Uh, Jim, you had your uh, your birthday celebration last night, a little low-key euchre night with the boys. Yeah, saved myself for the weekend, just uh, played some cards at the old Runt Club. Are you going to stretch her out? Are you going for the birthday week here, dude, or what? Uh, I may, because I got the Fanshawe Battle of the Bands tonight, so might as well get into it. Over at the uh, what's the what's the the Outback Shack there? Yeah, the and then at Thursday, the college, yeah. I think I'm going to go on the beer tour at the Mortgage Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's Jim's birthday week. Mm-hmm. We uh we stopped by the Matt Good concert. Well, uh, Dev and I did. We uh, we we broke off from Jim Kelly last night and went to see uh, Matthew Good perform. At London Musical. Actually, we did a little double bill. I think we saw, we doubled the number of concerts that Devin Peacock has seen in his life last night because we stopped at Budweiser Gardens and watched the opening act for Leonard Skinner, which was Randy Bachman and his band. Nice. And you weren't sure if you're going to know any of the songs, Dev, but you probably knew 95% of them. I know a surprising amount of Randy Bachman songs. Hey, you! All right. <laughs> She's come undone. Another good one. These eyes. Taking care of Christmas. <laughs> I don't know the names of them. I know what they sound like. Imagine they did close with taking care of business. Imagine they just they, they did take care of Christmas <laughs> in March. Like, dude, it's March. <laughs> taking care of Christmas. I love this version. Randy Bogman, outstanding. The guy's 75 years old, and he's still up there on stage giving her. I think there was a record set at Budweiser Gardens last night for the most silver Fu Manchu mustaches and goatees in one room ever. Yeah. Yeah. So many leather vests, too, I'm guessing. Oh, oh, you don't even want to know. (laughs) Leonard Skinner. So we're walking into Bud Gardens. And we can see the back of the merch booth on the main floor as we're walking in. I'm like, oh, Peacock, check that out. Leonard Skinner is selling a uh, a leather vest at oh, the merch sweet. booth. Their own swag. Yeah, it looks like a, like a biker vest, right? And Dev's like, I will buy that for you if you wear it for a month straight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we get in there, and I'm like, okay, sure. So we get in there, and we go over to the merch booth. $250 for the leather vest, Ooh. for the Leonard Skinner leather vest. And Dev says, okay, rules have changed here. You got to wear that for a year straight, and you can't wear anything underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to pay 250 bucks for a Leonard Skinner leather vest. I bet you they sold hundreds. For sure they did. Collector's item. Yeah. Get them while you can. It's his farewell tour. And uh, it's his. <laughs> I love people who think it's Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Leonard? Wow, Leonard put on a great show <laughs> last night. Leonard Skinner, what a talent. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went over and saw Matt Good at London Music Hall. And he, it was an acoustic show for sure. It was pretty low key. It was more intimate than I was expecting. Absolutely. Now, we were told that there's been more fist fights on this Matt Good tour than any other tour he's what? done. The acoustic one? 
And we believe it because there was some animosity last night. There was a, a, a group of people at the bar next to us. We were at the side bar near the front of the stage. And then Dev and I were right in between two groups of people. There was a couple of loud talkers. And then there was a group of people, obviously big Matthew Good fans, who were right into the show. And at one point, one of the Matt Good fans went over and said, Hey, are you guys uh, planning on shutting up at, at some point tonight? And then it really set off the loud talkers. And you could hear what they were saying. They are like, oh, that guy's going to get it. Man, he's going to get a knuckle sandwich. I'm going to knock that guy out. <laughs> I, I went over to the guy. I'm like, dude, like, look around. We're all in our 40s or 50s. <laughs> You're not going to knock anybody out. Just yeah. let's, let's dial back the animosity. I understand you guys are excited. I did not expect this night to be as low-key as it is. Like any other Matthew Good concert, if these guys were talking at the volume they were talking at, yeah. it wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah, last Matt Good was here a year ago or something like yeah. that, around this time, and, and it can, was a loud concert. Sure, you can joke around with your buddies during the show, nobody cares, but he really was like, symbolistic white walls. Doing the slow eight-minute version. Well, you me. He was almost whispering his songs out, so you had to be quiet. Chairs set up. Like yeah. It was a sit-down concert. So those guys should have been shutting up. Oh, yeah. They should have been, but at the same time, I, I understood. Like They came out to see Matt Good not expecting it to be such a quiet show. Sure, but you go with the vibe of the crowd, right? Uh-huh. It's like, at that point, it's almost like a theater stage show, you know? It's not a party. It's You're, you're there to enjoy what's happening on stage. It's also a, a case where, like, it's not like one group's opinion that they were too loud. Everyone around them was turning around and looking at them. And were they, like, laughing people and People started yeah. moving. There was people who uh, got up out of their seats and moved away from the loud group. So at some point, you gotta ask, is it me? Yeah. Right? Hey, hey, boys, there's a Skinnerd concert down the street. That's right. Get a leather vest. Leonard's in town. <laughs> Go check him out. So, Dev, did we have any more uh, of Justin Trudeau's cabinet ministers resign yesterday? No. Right on. Mark it on the board. It has been two days since New a record. cabinet minister has, uh, has quit their job because of Justin Trudeau's questionable ethics. But there is an update in this scandal going on surrounding the Prime Minister's office, the whole SNC-Lavalin affair, Dev. Yeah, Justin Trudeau uh, canceled an appearance he was going to make yesterday. He's got virtually no public appearances today. He's basically hunkering down, uh, meeting with advisors. And uh, Global News is uh, Mercedes Stevenson Spreen reporting that he is expected to issue a statement either tonight, possibly tomorrow, sometime in the very near future. There was some thought maybe it would be last night, but they're waiting for Gerald Butts to give his testimony this morning at 10 o'clock before the uh, Justice Committee, before he makes a comment. And what we've seen from Trudeau recently is he's changing his tone and the way he's talking about this entire controversy. And so what he is going to be doing is going to explain more, going to be a bit more conciliatory, a bit more... Uh, he's not going to apologize for anything from what we've If been, he apologizes, he has to admit that he's yeah. been lying about the whole thing for the last uh, how many weeks, right? He's, he's going to bend more into people recognizing uh, people's uh, concerns with the way his office has acted. And Gerald Butts, he was Trudeau's right-hand man, 
but he has since resigned because of this scandal and a lot of people speculating that he's going to be the guy who goes down for this. One of the reasons uh, he resigned was so he could uh, speculate anyway because he hadn't really said why because he hadn't been accused of anything directly at the time was so he can more forcefully defend himself Trudeau and the Prime Minister's office when more allegations arose, which they quickly did last week with Jody Wilson-Raybould. Thanks, Dev. You're listening to FM 96. Has this ever happened in your kitchen? Ah, what a disaster. I can't find anything in here. Where did all this crap even come from? Sounds like it's time for you to try Trudeau's Self-Cleaning Cabinet. Trudeau's Self-Cleaning Cabinets, oh yeah! Trudeau's Self-Cleaning Cabinets use patented disappointment and shame technology to ensure that once things start disappearing from the cabinet, they keep disappearing until they are virtually empty. Hello? 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 And you know you can trust the quality of Trudeau's self-cleaning cabinets because they are built by one of the leading engineering and construction groups in the world, SNC Lavalin. SNC Lavalin, oh yeah! Don't just cover up your mess. Get Trudeau's self-cleaning cabinets before they're gone. And pending an investigation, that might be pretty soon. What? What was that? <laughs> How did that get in there? I, I am so sorry. I apologize. Uh, the Taz Show will return after this. From the makers of Trudeau self-cleaning cabinets, it's the Gerald Butts Toilet. The PM's number two has designed the perfect toilet for your BM's number two. You can flush anything down a Gerald Butts Toilet. Toilet paper, wet naps, your career. So next time you have to go, let the Gerald Butts Toilet take the fall for you. I don't remember eating corn. Okay, that last sound effect yeah. may have been a little much. That sounded like some real Foley work here at the studio. Right. Holy cow. Hey, Eric may have taken, our producer may have taken a microphone into the washroom with him. <laughs> The Junos are coming to Budweiser Gardens, and there's a lot going on. Juno week, Juno weekend. A lot of people associate the Junos with music, but there's a lot of very funny comedians who are nominated for Juno Awards. And look at this. On the phone, we've got Juno nominee Pat Thornton. Did you ever think you'd hear those words strung together, Pat? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) It's a thrill and a, and a real shock. It's like the tragically hip, the guess who, Pat Thornton. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's in comedy. There aren't a lot of awards that like people have heard of before. So um, being nominated for Juno is nuts because people have always heard of Junos. Is it at this point, Pat, where your parents are like, okay, maybe uh, maybe his career path is is going somewhere? I think I'm getting close to that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're a Canadian comedian, so. <laughs> well, congratulations, dude. That's pretty exciting. Your album, Chicken, is up for the Best Comedy Album Award at the Junos. And the album is named Chicken, but it's named after a dog. Explain how that works. Well, first of all, let me just point out that there's a, an exclamation point at the end of uh, the title there. So my album is actually called Chicken! Um, (laughs) which is uh, my dog is named Chicken, and uh, one of my jokes on the album um, 
is about me ordering KFC to the house. And when the guy came to the door, the dog ran out, and uh, I just kept yelling chicken in front of the KFC man. <laughs> and he must have been like, what am I walking into here? <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited about my dinner. Yeah. Everyone gets excited when they smell those 11 herbs and spices, but it's a little over the top. Why did you name your dog Chicken? Uh, it's honestly one of those things where uh, we, uh, my wife and I, we got this rescue dog, and we were just driving home, and we were just talking about a million weird names until we settled on one. And then... Uh, and then I sort of immediately regretted it because then we were in obedience school and I had to keep yelling chicken and everyone was just sort of staring at me and they thought my dog was a coward and all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good thing Marty really... McFly wasn't in your <laughs> your obedience school. <laughs> well, do- dogs are a, a hot topic around here because, Jim, you're dating a girl now who has a dog. Yeah. Uh, what kind of dog is, is your dog, it's a It's a black lab uh, named Bruce. I feel... Slightly less silly yelling at Bruce as it's chasing other dogs along the street. Yeah, well, yeah. People think you're calling after your father-in-law, though. <laughs> Bruce! Bruce! <laughs> Has anyone seen Bruce? He's old and confused. <laughs> Bruce took a dump in the living room. <laughs> uh, do you have any tips, uh, uh, Pat, for, for Jim, who's new into this world of looking after a dog? I would just say that um, when you go through this thing where uh, I think I assume it happens with kids, too, but I don't have a kid yet. Um, but where uh, whatever your dog does, like it feels like you did it. <laughs> like if they like attack someone or, or something, it's like it's like on you and you feel it. And uh, mostly people don't care how your dog behaves. Right. Mostly you can just sort of let that go. It is kind of uh, like kids because I have, I have a son and I'm showing him uh, gym pictures of my son all the time. He could care less. If you show me a picture of how cute Bruce is, I don't care. I don't want to see him. We just need a mutual agreement that we don't show each other pictures of anything anymore. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Here, let's shake. Okay. Deal's done. Thanks for mediating that one, Pat. If if we're interested, though, can we see a picture? Like, I know a lot of people love dogs, right? Can we see a picture of your dog online Yeah, what kind of dog do you have, Pat? Uh, Well, she was a rescue dog. Her paperwork just says Terrier Mix. She has like three types of hair on her, so uh, <laughs> we really don't know what she is. But yeah. um, but I'll, I'll post a picture on my Twitter of her. Yeah, we'll retweet that for sure. Oh, I see. It's the cover of your album, too. So if you go to iTunes and you want to check out Pat Thornton's oh, yeah. uh, comedy, it'll be on the uh, the cover of his album, Chicken! Exclamation mark, too. Now, the last name Thornton is a big one in this area. Are you any relation to uh, the bearded wonder Joe Thornton from the St. Thomas area? Um, I've certainly pretended I was related to him before. <laughs> Try and get free hockey tickets. <laughs> you know, you bo- both have great facial hair. You Do you still have the mustache, Pat? Uh, I have more of a beard at the moment. You have a beard? Okay. Because I notice people treat you differently when you have a mustache. Absolutely. Especially if you're near a schoolyard. <laughs> <laughs> they dial 9-1 and keep their other finger on one. <laughs> so you guys, this is exciting. All the uh, nominees, the Juno nominees for Best Comedy Album are getting together, and there's going to be a comedy showcase next week with uh, Juno Fest. Yeah. Yeah, on the, on the 15th at the Town Hall. Next Friday, so March 15th at the London Music Hall. So, of course, Pat Thornton's going to be there. And the other uh, nominees for the Juno Comedy Album of the Year, uh, you got Chanty Marastika. 
Dave Marheji. Yeah, get the pronunciation. Hey, Pat knows the guy. How do you say his name? <laughs> uh, so it's a uh, Shanti Marastica, Dave Marhej, Mace Galoni. And me. Okay. Oh, and, uh, I, I want Pat to win, not only because he seems like a good guy, but also his name is going to be the <laughs> easiest for the person who has to say his name See, on that's stage. Why I, that's the only reason I don't want you to win, Pat. I love people <laughs> when they're in uncomfortable situations and they have to pronounce ethnic names on stage. Oh, I hope yeah. it's I hope it's the whitest, you know, <laughs> non-ethnic dude or woman presenting the award and they have to say one of those other names. Other than that, I yeah. hope you win. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome, Pat. Well, we look forward to uh, hearing some of your comedy on Friday night at the uh, at the big showcase. That sounds like a lot of fun. Should be. Stay in the loop with what's going on with the Junos at FM96.com. We're joined by uh, Brett Optoff here in the studio. Brett contacted us yesterday, heard us talking about Luke Perry, who unfortunately, at the age of 52, passed away because of a massive stroke that he had. And Brett, it inspired you to uh, share your story here on the Taz Show. Thank you for doing that. No, thank you. I'm completely honored to be here, and thanks for having me. You know, it's awesome. We were running down the acronym Be Fast yesterday to let people know if you think you're having a stroke, uh, you you do this little checklist. B stands for balance. E is eyesight. So if you go blind in one eye, then that's a sign you might be having a stroke. F, Jim, what was the F for? I think for? it was face. If, like, sometimes your face, half of it will go numb or start drooping. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. yeah, drooping. Droopy face. Arm is the A. If uh, half of your body kind of goes numb and you're, you can't lift your arm, that's another sign you may be having a stroke. S is for... What was the S? Mm. I'll let you guys answer this one. What? I'm, gonna let, I'm letting you guys answer this. Uh, the S is the speech. If he yeah, starts speech, stuttering or slurring, slurring speech. Right. Yeah. And T is time. If you have uh, those symptoms, it's time to call 911. Do it immediately. There's no shame in going to the hospital. It's better to get checked out than, than to find out that uh, maybe your life could have been saved if you had gone to the hospital, right? Yeah, you really have to kind of be your own doctor at that point in time where it's, you know, just rush to the hospital as soon as possible. Obviously, you know, have somebody drive you, but yeah. or get there in some way. Um, but yeah, you got to be your own doctor when it comes to that. Man, looking at you, Luke Perry, 52 years old. The guy, good-looking guy, in great shape. You look like you take care of yourself. You exercise. You're an active yeah. dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm 42, and um, yeah, like I I live a extremely healthy lifestyle, and because of that, that's probably why I'm here today. So um, I eat well, exercise a lot. Um, yeah, and it's... It's one of those things I recover extremely well. So Right, but you never yeah. know. It, yeah. it doesn't matter your, your diet, anything. Uh, there's no real... It's, it's like the bad luck lottery, man, if yeah. you have a stroke, right? Exactly. It happens yeah. to you, and uh, hopefully you can make it through to the other side. So tell us your experience. What was it like when you had your strokes? Um, ooh, I, I don't remember too much just because I hit my head extremely hard. Jeez. Um, and Where were you? Uh, so at the time I was at a friend's place and, uh, I'm not going to tell you where, but, um, but, uh, just cause I don't really want to give out divulge like which hospital I sure. had a bad experience at. Um, but I was there and I, I had 
I was basically just walking. And the hospital wasn't in London. I no, just no, clarify. yeah, no. I'll, I'll give complete <laughs> praise to every single hospital in London in a sec. Um, but yeah, I I had started experience around three o'clock in the morning, uh, extreme pain in my ear, and what I thought was just a massive ear infection um, or sinus infection. I was like, oh, here we go. And I got up, and then right in behind my right eye was just pounding. Yeah, exactly. Like mm. an extreme amount of pain and. Um, I went to go lay on the couch and completely like lost everything on my life side, complete paralysis, crashed into the wall. Um, went down hard, went down, hit my head off of a table. Um, just next, like, and then this is someone was there with you, your wife. So, uh, so a friend, friend? and um, she had got, got me up, um, kind of like basically dragged me to the couch because I had nothing on my left side. Oh um, and I, I remember little bits and pieces of it. And a lot of the stuff is from her point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and she described that uh, my complete left side was paralysis. My head was down and, um, her hand was on my right shoulder trying to keep me up. And one of the things just that sticks out in my mind, is just the look of her face where it just looked like I was dying. She was terrified. Yeah. So, um, Immediately called the ambulance. They came. Um, they were there for a bit, I guess, and got rushed to the hospital. Um, yeah, again, complete paralysis, face droopy, everything. Left you side. knew something was seriously wrong with you, but you were released from the hospital pretty quickly. Yeah, so, again, this all happened at around 3 a.m., and uh, in the hospital, kind of my memory starting to come back, but... At the most they ever did was check my blood pressure and check my heart rate, and wow. that's about it. Well, and you've got to be an advocate for yourself in the healthcare system we have. If you know something is wrong, then be adamant. If they say, okay, you're, we think you're fine, and you know you're not okay, you got to say, no, I'm not leaving. I am not okay. Yeah, and it, it just so happened at the time I was by myself, and uh, I was released by a you know, 11 o'clock in the morning just to kind of defend for myself. And I had no idea what was going on. So then when did you realize it was a stroke? Did you have another stroke after that? No. Um, so, but 11 days later on October 30th, I had an MRI in Woodstock and, um, it, that was in the morning. Um, by that night I was experiencing kind of like a panic attack, went to the hospital and I just had a basic meltdown Right, and, um, just started literally bawling my eyes out because I had no idea what was going on. Hmm. Um, the ER doctor came in at that point in time and, you know, it was the first time in about a two-week period where I had a sense of relief um, because he came in with the MRI results and said I had a series of strokes. Wow. Um, so roughly around like five of them. And I immediately started smiling. I was like, okay, finally, I'm at getting the right answers. At least you know answers. what's yeah, wrong. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So... From there, um, uh, just with my medical history, like I have cardiologists and who I see on a regular basis at London Health or University Hospital. So I got in there quickly and um, it just kind of started progressing. Like the reasoning why I had the strokes um, got me on medication. And so, yeah. And you're doing good now? Uh, Yes and no. Um, So, yeah, like I do have other things that I'll probably have to do in the near future. Um, so one of the things is 
I've had open heart surgery. Wow. Um, back in 2014 to replace my aortic valve. And I have a prosthetic valve now, and that's it. I'm prone to getting a certain type of bacteria, which caused the, um, my valve to disintegrate in the first place. So that is what had caused my strokes mm-hmm. is that I had this bacteria, part of it broke off and caused micro blood clots to form. And so now I I'm have, sorry to yeah, laugh, man, but I'm a hypochondriac and listening to this stuff is like torture yeah, for me. I, it, honestly, driving in here this morning, that's the first thing I was thinking of, man. Like Taz is not going to like this. <laughs> but that's, that's the scary thing about strokes. You never yeah. know when, you never know who, you oh, never exactly. know why. Exactly. And uh, all you can do is be prepared and get to the hospital as soon as you think or know that it is happening to you. And you're in here sharing your story. We thank you for doing that, but you're also doing something else. Now that I know about the heart valve thing. I'm a little worried about this part of the uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, the story. Yeah, a lot of people are kind of a little bit concerned, but um, my gonna... mentality is that I lo- I love helping people out, and honestly, the first thing that I started thinking of is like, how can I, you know, create awareness, uh, not only for to sh- help, you know, with the signs of a stroke, but just with the whole medical field, like right. um, research, yeah, knowledge, research, knowledge, um, have being like your own advocate of like knowing what to do. Well, you're doing something pretty cool for the Heart and Stroke Foundation. You're going to run the entire Bruce Trail in a two week period by yourself. And your goal is to raise $100,000 for the Heart and Stroke Foundation. When are you starting your run? Uh, I'm hopefully going to start it, uh, the last week of August and kind of piggyback Labor Day weekend. So I'll, I'll have like a 14, 16 day, you know, period to do it. Um, Holy cow, dude. Uh, yeah, it's that, you know, <laughs> how many whatever. kilometers is it? Uh, 898. <laughs> That's more so, than I've ever walked or ran in my life. <laughs> I'm worried about you. Yeah. Like I'm not like, I, I'm an avid runner, uh, done a couple of marathons, mostly half nice. marathons, but, um, I'm not an ultra marathoner, so this will kind of stretch my limits a bit, but it running roughly two marathons a day for 12 days in a row is kind Good of luck. crazy, but let us know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously though, check in with us from the oh, trail sure. and we'll keep everyone uh, informed with your, your progress. And if there's people listening, they want to donate to the cause. We've put all of Brett Optoff's uh, details uh, how you can donate to the Heart and Stroke Foundation and his Bruce Trail run online, the Taz Show blog at fm96.com. We're glad that uh, they figured out what was going yeah. on, and thank you for sharing with us this morning. Remember, be fast. If you think you're having a stroke, get yourself to the hospital. That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.